Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Platt. Thank you very much for downloading this week's episode. And this week, we're throwing it straight over to Mr. Patrick Downs. Hello, hi, Stephen. I'm very excited, Patrick. Uh, it is your 25th episode as a guest. Wow. Yeah. That's a... How's that? How's that? Yeah, one of our one of our very earliest guests. Way way back, I think Moonraker was the very first. Was that one. my first one? I think it wow. might have been. Yeah, it was. It was God. back in the heady days of 2017. Yeah, uh, wow. and you've yeah. made it. You've made it to I've episode it. 25. I've made it all this way. And if you're a new listener, firstly, welcome. Uh, but secondly, uh, when guests reach their 25th episode, they get to pick the film we review, and I can't say no. What film <laughs> did you pick, Patrick? I have picked the um, 1994 seminal classic, True Lies. Mm. Which is yeah. why you did that excellent impression of Jamie Lee Curtis. At the That's start. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad you picked up on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, why did you pick True Lies? Um, well, first of all, a lot of the movies I probably would have, like my serious movies that I would have picked, you've already done. Mm. Yes. So then I thought, what movies played a big role, a big part of my, in particularly my childhood and my developmental years, I suppose, mm. and. True Lies just kept popping up. It was one of those movies that was just on a lot. Mm. So we're going to learn a lot about you today then. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to be surprised about what they learned about <laughs> me from this movie, to be honest. Yeah, they're going to go, that scans. Yeah. That seems fair. Uh, but, but just in case someone doesn't know what yeah. True Lies is about, um, in a vague, non-spoilery sort of way, what's it about? Um, yeah, I mean, God, heaven forbid we spoil um, <laughs> tr- true lies. Look, you're gonna spoil it for me. Yeah, no, um, it's a, um, I mean, it's a, it's a '94 Arnie film. Um, it's a little bit so. Okay, basically, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Even though he, uh, yeah, he's smart enough to know he was never gonna be James Bond. He wanted to be make make a James Bond film. And this is kind of what that is. He's a spy. There's spy gear going on, but there's also like he's kind of living a double life. So there's some, there's some, I guess, comedy with that. There's a very, I think, pretty questionable subplot that goes on relating to his family. Mm. <laughs> but you know, we'll get to that. Yeah, I mean, that's it. He's a spy. He's got to stop some terrorists because it's the early nineties. So yeah. Mm. I think that's a pretty neat summation of uh, that without giving up too much away. Yeah. Uh, not that there's a lot to give away, really as you do say. <laughs> Luckily, we have someone who has not seen the film uh, and therefore allowing us to continue reviewing films the way we do in this program, uh, where we introduce the film to somebody brand new, uh, the film being brand new, not the person. This is Dr. Sarah Curtis. Yeah, I don't think I'm particularly brand new. I've been here since day one. You have. Yeah, I have. A, a freshly minted 30-year-old Dr. Sarah Curtis that's as well. That's right. Yes. I'm older than the film. You Success. are. Um, do, do you like Arnie films, Sarah? I haven't watched many, to be fair. Mm. Um, so I guess I don't know. He's never been someone I've gone out of my way to watch. Mm. Uh, so I guess I'm pretty neutral on Arnie at the moment. Wouldn't okay. vote for him, wouldn't not vote for him. Uh, and that was a real concern if you lived in California for a while <laughs> as well. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I suppose actually it would be a good point to ask you, Patrick. Yeah. Um, do you have a favourite Arnie film? Is it this one? Or is there another role where you're like, actually, no, that's that's probably his best role? I mean, it might be this one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, okay, so, but like, he's, um, 
No, I mean, like, obviously, like, his good movies, like the, like the first two Terminators and stuff like that. Mm. Obviously, they're like, oh, yeah, they're the, they're like the good Arnie ones. But, mm. like, honestly, I don't know, man. This might be this movie. <laughs> okay. Not, not Last Action Hero. Nah, surprisingly not Last Action Hero. Okay. Commando's pretty good. Commando's good? Commando's pretty good, actually. Jingle That's all like, the way? Jingle all the way. Uh, look, you know, it's... Uh, it, it sure is a movie, that one. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. With all that being said, shall we watch True Lies? I'm excited. Let's do it. Okay, for those of you listening at home, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to be one of those sick bitches that take ice cube trays out of the freezer as we watch <laughs> True Lies. just finished watching True Lies. And by we, I of course mean uh, Mr. Patrick Downs. Jump! Daddy will catch you! (laughs) And Dr. Sarah Curtis. Help me, Daddy! I'm falling! I'm falling! (laughs) Hold on! Hold on! Uh, So, Sarah, it was your first time watching True Lies. What did you think of the film? That was good fun. Mm. Like, when you first pitched it to me a couple of weeks ago, I was admittedly quite drunk. Um... (laughs) And I just remember you saying something like, spy film, action, fun. And I was like, yeah, I'm down for some spy film, action, fun times. And then, you know, promptly like blacked out or whatever. You know, port. Uh, It was a good time. Mm. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I didn't really have any expectations beyond knowing that, you know, from our discussion at the start, that it was an Arnie film, which I didn't know before that. Mm. Um, And that. You know, it was a 90s film, so it was going back to the childhood and, you know, the action sequences and the terrible music and, you know, everything else. I had a good time, Mm. Uh, especially with the running commentary, as always. That's usually like the highlight of these films is, you know, what we say during them. Yes. Um, Patrick, when did you last watch this film? It's been a long time, to be honest. Mm. Probably, I want to say like 10 years ago, because that's kind of like the the easy guess, so... Mm. Yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Could be more, could be less. And how was it revisiting? I mean, it was still good. Mm. It's still it's still good. And it's like, I remember it beat for beat. Mm. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you were predicting quite a lot of you things were. that were going to happen. Yeah. Nailed it. You nailed quite a few of the plot points in this film. Quite a few of the action set pieces. Like I've seen happen. a 90s film yeah, before. Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, there was definitely like, going into it, I was thinking, yeah, okay, there's definitely some pretty probo stuff. Mm kind of watching it through a 2022 lens mm. it's a bit like oh yeah that's uh that's we had rough. some face journeys that's mm. rough yeah the first half in particular <laughs> yeah there's a lot of well that's illegal well that's, that's illegal yeah well, shouldn't do that just messed up yeah um yeah it's it's the first time i've watched this since i think i was probably about 12 or 13 like i think yeah. it's been that long since i since i last saw it and I I had a good time as well, um, proving that if I'm not in a grumpy mood, as I, like I was for Fifth Element, that I can enjoy some dumb, fun films. But I, I think one of the things I really enjoyed about this film, which became very clear on this viewing for me, um, was that it really knew that it was a piss take. Like this yeah, was 100%. this was not a serious spy film no. in any way. It's like it it all the action and everything like it's done properly mm. like they haven't made them 
like they haven't cheaped out on these special effects or the choreography or the gunfights. That's all done as, as you would a proper action film. But it's always got its tongue firmly in its cheek. Yeah. Like it's taking the piss out of itself. I do have a question about that. Hmm. Is there such a thing as a serious spy movie? Because I don't think I've seen one. James Bond. That's not a serious spy movie. Well, I mean, the, the, the latest one's pretty yeah. serious. The Daniel True. Craig's... Okay, so not the Roger War ones. Not yeah. the ones... Anything with a pigeon doing a double take is not a serious <laughs> film. Like, they're comedies. Um, yeah, so, okay, so some of them, yeah. But I, I suppose, like, yeah, the Daniel Craig Bond films. Yeah, they're pretty serious. Uh, the Born Identity films. Yeah. Okay, yeah, they're pretty yeah. serious. Yeah. They're fun. So, um, uh, anyone remember Green Zone by... Um, Paul Greengrass starring Matt Damon and Jason it's Isaacs. Appropriately named, yeah. uh, but no. I feel like I've just seen like the title of it. I've never actually mm. seen the film. It's I saw it in the cinema, and for some reason, whenever we come to these serious spy thrillers, it comes up, and no one remembers it. Um, anyway, well, if you at home remember it, write in and, and let me know that I didn't just imagine <laughs> this film. Is this the nineties? Well, hey, we're in the nineties. I'm trying <laughs> to get in the mood. You know, we we've got um, tape cassettes being used to trick people that it's our yeah. voice, yeah. and uh, you know. Surveillance technology is all done with like chips being planted on people. Exactly. Yeah, we've got Walkmans. We've got everything. Everything's on sheets of paper. Hmm. We've got rotary phones. We've got Windows three point one. Classics. Yeah, it's it's very much of its time. It's it's quite fun though. Uh, the story is that Harry Tasker, all American uh, spy, yeah. played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, so American is is living a secret life by night he is a kind of bad spy (laughs) in that he's constantly in situations where he needs to be like shooting and blowing stuff up but by day he's still a spy but he's uh pretending not to be uh for his wife helen and his daughter dana um and he still goes into the office and like has like a couple of scenes with um like charlton heston and like there's all of this sort of like very much like office job espionage stuff, which feels yeah. that that feels quite cartoony. But... Well, there's that good bit where yeah. like you kind of you sort of establish the, the premise has been established. We're like we know he's a spy, well you know, or at least a terrorist killing man. Yeah, um, same thing. Yeah, um, but he's also like got, living a double life with his family. Like he's got all this, and then they, they where him and Tom Arnold are walking into work, and like they come into the building, and it's got like the front. Where it's like it kind of looks like a, and if like the, mm. the software company's meant to work for, mm. and then they go into a secret door and it's down the all white hallway. And yeah, you get and all the cool like you've got Janet, whatever her name yeah, is, with the gun jazz. under the desk. Yeah, yeah, and then like the two guards behind what I presume is what? Yeah. bulletproof glass, which means they can't shoot back either. Yeah, they can't shoot unless they've got like little like portholes. Maybe, like, maybe they, they, they do. I didn't see any. No, I didn't need to die, but yeah, um, but yeah, it turns out we've got. We got spies. We got spies. We got spies. They're very spy The Omega Sector. The Omega Sector. And guess what? Since the Cold War finished, they've got time on their hands. (laughs) So much time. Um, So they do do a bit of spying at the beginning. They're aware that there is this um, uh, terrorist sect that is trying to infiltrate its way into America to do something. that opening sequence is extremely James Bondy. You know, Mm. like even like going in with the the wet pulling, the wetsuit, having the suit under the wetsuit kind of thing. and. Yeah, it, tuxedo it, I mean, this is Schwarzenegger getting to play Bond. Yeah, it was. That was, yeah. That was whole, it's great. It's, it's awesome. It's good fun. And like, he's, he, I, I bought it. Like, I, yeah. I bought I bought him as Harry Tasker, even though, like, he's he's just not American whatsoever. I love the fact the film just doesn't approach doesn't it care. or bring it up. They're yeah. like, nah, he's fine. 
he, he kills people and he wants to kill them for us. That's good enough, yeah. uh, which is nice. Um, but yeah, you've got this, um, yeah, this like group of men who are, uh, I think it's fair to say, Sarah, a little emotionally stunted. They all need therapy. Mm. Uh, they all need um, a lobotomy. Oh, that that much? <laughs> that, that kind of therapy, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, the best friend, dude. He. Oh, he, Tom Arnold's character. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. He was not good no? in any way, shape, or form. No? Like well, some of the stuff that he was saying, well, I was ready to punch him within the first scene. What did Albert say that was so wrong? Everything. Yes, that came out uh, of except his for mouth. everything. What did what did he say? I mean, he was pretty sexist. Yeah, he is divorced several times, though. So, I mean, obviously, clearly it's the women that are the problem in that situation. Definitely. And he's had three divorces. Yeah, because yeah, all women are bitches. Yeah. Um, or sluts. Can't live with them. Can't kill them. Kill them. <laughs> Woof. That, yeah, oh, that, boy. That line and many others like it are in this film. And yeah. I'll be honest, I was like, oof. Yeah. Oh, how... how how damaged am I growing up watching these films? Like, like, how, like, I, ugh, this is, uh, like, yeah, watching it now, I'm like, oh boy, this is not good. Um, and obviously, as our first time viewer, um, I, I imagine it was a little bit more on the shocking side. Well, it wasn't shocking because I expected it. Mm. Because I know this sort of film. I also grew up watching this sort of film. Mm. So I am very aware that as a woman, there's, only ever going to be one or two main female characters and they're just going to be a bloody nuisance for the male characters there's going to be they're a lot of screaming in the way and they're gonna to have to save them at some point they have yeah. to fight at one point <laughs> yeah oh yeah, yeah. The, the two women have to bitch slap each other because women can't have any sort of you know decent relationship on screen unless they've got the sassy best friend mm-hmm. who is which, there to be sassy we film the whole two scenes yeah yeah, yeah. look it's it's this this is quite a problematic film, to be it honest. It really is. It, yeah. I mean, like the depictions of women and also mm. Middle Eastern people oh, and family dynamics. And... I feel like we've watched a lot of problematic films together on this pop- podcast. Have we? Yeah. The Hobbit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very Troll representation was really <laughs> rough in that one. Yeah, yeah it was. Um, I, I do think it's interesting to look at it, though, because we've come away from watching this film in a pretty positive mood. Like, the, yeah. the, the film does achieve its goal of being, like, a pretty fun, campy Bond film. Yep. But at the same time, like, I think it's important to acknowledge that, yeah, there's some really shitty tropes in it here. Really is, and, yeah. and some, And like you say, some really problematic language around, um, around women. I think, you know, Tom Arnold's character being built around the fact that he's like... Yeah, right, you know, like I've been divorced all these times and, and women suck and uh, well, welcome to the club, pal, and all that kind of thing. It's like the the thing that feels strange about it is it doesn't feel unique to this film in any way, shape or no, form. No, no way. No. It, and I, I don't see you going. No, no, go ahead. Well, so I think with that, particularly having Tom Arnold being that character, it feels like they're hedging their bets a little bit mm. because like he's got all these issues and he's been married three times, but he's also like... You know, he's the schlubby guy and he's a bit of a dick and, you know... You, We're you, set up not to be on his side. Yeah, like you kind of go, oh, this guy, you know. Yeah. Um, which is not forgiving it at all. But I think it's like the film's sort of trying to give itself a little out, mm. maybe, to kind of have those jokes in there, mm. well, they, making that guy be the one who says them. They yeah. also did that with the race thing. So obviously there's the problem of, you know, having the generic 
Arabic people as the terrorists. Yeah. But then there's the one dude who's with the good guys who looks like he's also ethnically ambiguous. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. So just so we can say, look, it's we're not being racist. We've got this guy on the good guy team. 100%. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's interesting as well because in the original version of this script as it was being written, they weren't necessarily going to be Middle Eastern terrorists. For a little while, they were going to be Irish. Let's just go into other stereotypes. Well, I mean, it was always going to be a non-American group. I mean, because that's how these things go. Oh, yeah, because domestic terrorism is not a problem at all in America. Not even once. Not even once this week. Can you you think of an incident in the 90s where that was an issue? (laughs) Certainly not me. No, Mm. certainly not. Uh, And uh, certainly not in Oklahoma. No, no. Or indeed many other American towns that you can name. Yeah. I mean, the 90s, you know, they had their own. 9-11 incident World Trade Center bombing because the uh, basement was bombed in 93 like mm. the point is is that um, you know there was domestic terrorism but you know that's, that's you can't write a fun film about that you can't no yeah no no it's got to be um, yeah, it's got to be somebody other and Cold War's over so we can't use the Russians anymore yep. I find it interesting though that they yeah th- this film did cause issues with like uh, particularly among the uh American Arab like representation um, organizations who were like, yeah, we're not super big on on how this is done. And watching it now, you're like, fair enough. I mean, there's very little that is portrayed positively about them. Yeah. It's yeah. it's weird because it doesn't feel as though they ever specifically are like they're bad because they are from here. It doesn't feel like it's at that level, but it's but it is implied. But it's implied, it's yeah. Very heavily and like implied, I've yeah. I've listened to a lot of interviews with with actors um, who've been in these sorts of films, where mm. they're basically saying, yeah, because of the color of my skin, I get offered the terrorist, I mm. get offered this bad guy, I get offered you know mm. this person who gets shot straight away, mm. and that is it. Um, so you know, just seeing those tropes happen in front of you is kind of like, yeah, you know, they've got a real point and Mm. hopefully they're getting better roles now and they don't have to take things like that for a paycheck yeah 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 um the story such that it is is um both simple and complicated and longer than maybe we we thought it might be. yeah it is it is a lot longer than i remember it being i just in my head this is a hour and 45 minute movie Uh, but it is two hours 20 minutes baby (laughs) so the way that it's that it's set out. Yeah. That like the way it's plotted, the the structure of the whole thing is so bizarre. Mm. Because you start with you know the terrorism plotline. You're like, okay, so the stakes are high, and then you've got what half an hour of them stalking and gaslighting his wife, mm. and then suddenly, ah, terrorists arrive again, and it's like an action film again. And then you know they have the the sequence where like it seems to be wrapping up, and the the credit music is swelling yeah, in the, the sunset. And boom, we have another big action sequence because the daughter's in trouble now too. And we haven't killed the main terrorist yet either. So yeah, he's got to die. He has to be killed. We have to see him die. It's a 90s movie. Yeah, exactly. And it is just a very bizarre sort of pacing for this film. It is, isn't it? And it is in these very distinct chunks of, you know, the opening scene of the mansion. Um, and the, you know, the snow skis and, <laughs> yeah. and all so of they're it. just hanging around in their skis <laughs> because I've been skiing and it was the worst mistake I've ever made. Mm. Um, and it takes a while to, you know, get into the skis and you know, get into your gear and like, mm. 
get to the spot so you can start, you know, skiing down that hill. I mean, from when the alarms were first triggered to when the skiers turned up, I think real time. There's a couple. Yeah, there's a couple of minutes. Still, those like specially trained ski yeah. guards are like, okay, it's a big event tonight. Yeah. Or security's got to be on point. Ski guys. Be ready at They're all, just at know. the top of a hill, just in case. Yes, yeah. just like the only thing you got to do is clip your skis on and go. Like, be I in mean, your gear, ready to go. Ski yeah. duty for that group in yeah. Switzerland is probably pretty sweet. I mean, except for the fact that you'd, you'd be cold. But that might yeah. be like the the one bit of duty, guard duty, where it's like you, you're just hanging out until something goes wrong. You're not on active patrol. Yeah, I, I would imagine. You know, it's it's you. You know, the, the dogs have to do more patrolling. And yeah. speaking of the dogs. Those poor dogs. The the two dogs that Arnie smacked together head, and head concussed together, yeah, uh, was, their head together. It was so funny. It's I so forgot funny. about that. Uh, but then I also really appreciate the fact they showed the dog was okay. They showed one yeah. the dogs shaking no, the his dogs head. The dogs did a literal like, Bruh. yeah. Well, this is you know close enough to Milo and Otis for them to want to you know be sure, yeah, mm. that there's no. Well, and we can't show our good guy killing dogs. Mm. No, we can show him abusing that small dog that he pulls along with the lead when and he's frustrated. What about the horse? Well, he looks after the horse. He and tried it. to make it jump off a roof. Yeah, and the horse yeah. didn't, didn't, didn't let, didn't, literally didn't let it fly. Do it. Yeah. yeah, the horse had agency in that scene. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was yeah, the horse, consenting. The horse arguably had more agency than than some of the women in this film. It's true. The horse just... said no, and they stopped. The woman said no, and he did not stop. Mm. So, yes, uh, but yeah. On the flip side, though, we gotta talk about Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Oh boy, That's, who uh, is. Oh. Probably, probably the best thing in this film. Yes, uh, true. Both in yes. terms of like having a character that has mm, like a pretty major progression from yep. you know, e- even though it's again playing into some tropes of like, oh, the stuffy, bored, sexually repressed housewife who starts to meander into these slightly dangerous paths to being someone who's literally like fist fighting Tia Carrera inside a limo. Yep. Like it's, it's a pretty great like change it's a pretty big change certainly that's why we needed that half hour of plot with her being Mm, stalked and gaslit yeah Yeah. but it it's really interesting just how i think because jamie lee curtis is really very good in this role yeah in a way i think that actually makes it slightly more problematic i i feel like it makes she was too good for this film you mean like no go on you mean like the scenes where she's i think it's more just that um because she develops and we get this sense where the character by the end of the film is like totally on board and even becomes a spy. And we've seen that, you know, performance wise, she's, she's become stronger for it. And like, it's a character we can really relate to the fact that she never really stops and goes, hang on a minute, husband, what you did to me was completely effed up. Like this was not on. (laughs) This was a really bad thing. And we never really get, a comeuppance in that sense for Harry and Albert and the other people in Omega Sector, like breaking the law. And they say several times, they're like, this is so illegal what we're doing. Like, I'm like pulling agents off active watch to spy on your wife, which probably led to then the terrorists kidnapping Harry and Helen because they weren't being actively watched. It, It just feels very icky and problematic and I, I do feel as though that because Jamie Lee Curtis is quite good in that role it almost as a viewer kind of slightly takes your mind away from that ickiness of the story to an extent 
I mean, if it was a TV show, yeah. you get an entire season of her like processing that trauma before she finally forgives him. Mm. And, you know, they, they get on board with one another at the end of the season and she decides yeah. to become a spy. Yeah. Mm. But you know, we, it's we, not. Don't, we don't have time for that. Yeah. It's 1994. <gasps> we need to get murdering. Yeah, we have a, a throwaway line. <laughs> Yep. Where she goes, yep, I'm on board, honey. She yeah. punches him in the face in and front of everyone. Hits him with the telephone. Yep. Oh, she hits him with the telephone three was, times, I think, and yeah. then kicks him in the gut. So, so glad that, that She beats him up a bit, yeah. and then and that's it. That's but all that we don't have, have their time. Side. No, but, th- but that means that she's only coming to terms with him from the, the masculine viewpoint, though. All of her actions are actions that you would expect the men in this film to take. Mm. And so it's like her sort of, like, essentially all she does... Yeah. In proving herself, is proving herself in terms of male acceptance. No, I mean, look, Steve. Sorry, GI Jane. Yeah, you are. You are not wrong. Yeah, I just want to remind you that we're watching a '90s Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm aware. Movie. I'm aware. <laughs> I, I, it's just, yeah. It, it's where's just, your feminist lens? I'm just. It, it's just. I'm, I'm sitting here and I'm watching, going, God, I really loved that, like performance. God, there's some problems with it as yeah, well, though. Is, like, yeah, and it it's it's a is. difficult thing to balance. And I don't. Again, jumping back to Fifth Element, but I feel as though this is a criticism that i use for that film which is relevant to this one as well you kind of can't just say that the two characters love each other and that that makes everything okay and you've got to show it as well i feel like this film does more to show it than something like fifth element does but even then like just communicate yeah can we have just one scene where they sit down have a nice cup of tea and go okay honey these were all the things that you did that i've got some problems with Mm. can we talk about it and I, know, and I know that that's not realistic to, like, a real-life situation. That probably doesn't happen in many people's real lives. I without... definitely communicate real well what you're talking about. Mm. No, no, but in terms of, like, with, with unless it's, like, with, reg, like, a regulated therapy session, people aren't going to sit down and go, let's unpack our shit. Let's do this right now. I've um, been doing wrong all this time. But because this is, like, a, an over-the-top 90s film, why not have an over-the-top therapy session discussion? So Mr. Them. and Mrs. Smith. Yeah, yeah, I suppose, yeah. I mean, this film is the precursor to yeah, Mrs. And Mrs. Yeah, Smith. Yeah, that, yeah. It is kind of wild, yeah. just how much that later film mimics this For one. Sure, yeah. it's It's pretty impressive. Um, but Jamie Lee Curtis does really well in, in this film. I really loved her scenes with um, Simon the used car yeah, salesman back, who's yet, pretending to be a spy. God, I wanted spy. to stab him so much. <laughs> why, Sarah? Why? Oh, God, I wonder why. Like, anytime he said anything, I was like, can I can I get my rusty spoon mm. and, like, shove it in his eyeball? Because I'm having some visceral reactions here. Yeah. I mean, I, at the very least, you got to see a visceral imagined reaction for when Harry thought about smacking him in the car. Oh, and we good. saw him basically just like snap his neck with a punch. Yeah. It was just, that, that was fun. Probably the most blood you see in the movie as well. It's yeah. yeah. Violence solves that. everything. Mm. That's what I've learned from movies. Yeah. 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 So, so Simon wasn't violent enough is what we're saying. If he'd been more violent, he'd have fought off the SWAT and gotten to Paris with this lady he's trying to pick up. That's a whole different film. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, Bill Paxton was very good. He's very good. Yeah. Like you say, like everything he says is horrible, mm. and he nails that smarmy, horrible character. I believed him so well. Mm. Yeah, it was a lot of um, Sarah saying, "Oh, I know men like this." <laughs> it's true though. <laughs> when yeah. he's like, "Here, let me pour you some more wine." Yeah. Just like, the way, just like that's too real. No, his body language and the language he was using. I have had men try that on me, mm. and it's it, like I've always like gotten out of those situations, but like it was yeah. only. Psh, Sheer luck. Yeah. Like, it was gross. Yeah. And um, we we will be revisiting, because I know there's some people listening at home that are probably aware 
of um, an, an off-camera issue to do with um, uh, male-female relations uh, of a sort of Weinsteinian nature to do with this film. We, we will be getting to that slightly later on. Um, so just because I'm moving on to other things about the film, I just want to flag that, that we yeah. will be coming back yeah. to this later. So, you know, strap in for round two. <laughs> oh yes. um, but but uh, jumping back to to just the... The, the the elements of this film which are really good um i, I feel as though the the action sequences was just, as we said before are treated seriously yeah and the horse motorbike chase is much better than it has any right to be yeah uh, it's i think it's the best sequence in the entire well um, one of the best sequences we'll get to that we'll point. get to it we'll yeah. get to it um, but yeah it's one of the best sequences in the movie i mm. think um it's so much and as we say like they're treated seriously but done you know, mm. done done with a bit of a wink. Like, yeah. yeah, he's chasing a terrorist through the city who's on a motorbike on a horse. They There's lots of little comedy moments yeah. in there. But like you say, it's shot so well. The co- the way it's choreographed is so much fun. Yeah, it's it's mm. so good. And but, that shootout in the in the bathroom at the yeah. beginning of it. Yeah, yeah. awesome. That. was yeah. really good. And, you know, you've got the, you know... the, yeah, the old man. Toilet thing. dude. Yeah, toilet yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we always need one of them in, in those sequences. Yeah, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. Yeah. But, you know, you're having, like, the horse and the motorbike sequence, which is very intense, and then they both get in a lift. Yeah. Which is So dumb. Funny. It's so dumb, but you know what it does so well? It, it builds that tension mm. so well. Like, yeah, it does both at the same time beautifully. It's yeah. silly. You've got that old couple who are, like, pushed up against the wall of the lift with the horse going I was like, waiting for them to get crushed yeah and it's like oh, oh my there's a horse in here you know because they're oh, all very no, posh it shat on my feet yeah because they're all like posh people and they're like say something say something and he's like that's a fine animal and you know like yeah you get all that stuff mm. but but also Arnie and the Aziz guy the eye contact yeah eyeing each other off because he's but he's also got a legit hostage yeah. who's like actually scared and it's done they balance the two mm. really well I they think they do uh, and also, yeah, the the motorbike making that unrealistic jump to the pool on the top of the other building, and then the horse refusing to jump, and Arnie yeah, almost great. dying going over the edge of the the building yeah. was yeah. You get a great funny. Arnie like <laughs> whenever he like falls over or something, his eyes bulge out of his head. And he's like, ah, I'm falling, I'm acting. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we get to yeah the the uh, the great gaslighting of Jamie Lee Curtis where. Um, her and Simon are um, uh, doxxed, like swap raided, basically. But, yeah. Um, and she's thrown into that interrogation scene, which is deeply uncomfortable. Yeah, I think that's probably for me maybe the 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 worst scene. <laughs> yeah, where it's just these these her husband and her husband's friend who we've already established is a creep. Is a creep and bad with his relationship with women. And they're questioning her about, do you love your husband? Did you have sex with Simon? With the voice changer. They didn't just change their accent for that one scene. Um, And it's, again, Jamie Lee Curtis is probably better than she has any right to be in that scene where she goes from being this sort of like scared and repressed housewife caricature that she's been playing and then turns into this person who is actually really frustrated with how her life is... Get, getting away from her and how Ooh. she wants to take risks and how things are boring with her husband. I loved that monologue. It was like, great. As, yeah. as she was going, I'm in my head, I'm like, this is like an acting class monologue. Yeah. 
Yeah, it is. Yeah, and then you know she wails on the the one way mirror with with the chair for a bit, which was fun. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, you know, instead of going, oh, maybe we've pushed this too far, they've gone. No, no, no. I I think there's still a way for me, Harry, to get my rocks off. Hold on. So they then say you're going to be called by uh, the government to do a secret mission for them. And this is the thing that really got me is the whole time, everyone who wasn't Harry that was in on the let's make her do a sexy dance in the hotel um, scene, they're like, they're going, this is so wrong. All of them are like, we shouldn't be doing this. this. But they're treating it like it's, they're in the film Porky's. Like they're treating it like it's something like that. But they're in government intelligence. It'd be like if in the middle of, I don't know, Captain America Civil War, they they try to hook up Captain America with Peggy Carter's granddaughter or whatever it was that that weird relationship was. It was just weird. Yeah. Like the scene itself with, with um, Helen uh, pretending to be this... Um, dancing sexy girl is incredibly well shot and we'll obviously get onto that in just a sec but the lead up to it and all that context was just not nice yeah everyone involved with that should be fired and he's getting the french guy to record the dialogue Mm. yeah why why am i doing this what is is going on yes (laughs) it was very um very unpleasant uh, now that we've framed it like that, uh, Patrick, yeah, Jamie Lee Curtis doing mm. a sexy dance. Yep, um, she was. Th- thoughts, <laughs> thoughts. This many years on. Um, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> sexy. Mm. Yeah, she, I mean, I'm yeah. like, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. yeah. <laughs> how how, how G rated do we need to make this podcast? Uh, um, look, look so, the, the characters could say f- at least once. Oh, yeah. sorry, I took it away from you. My bad. <laughs> You can say but, bitch a lot, though. Oh, they said bitch so much in this movie. Yeah. Um, everyone was a bitch. Yeah. Um, but no, like, I think, look, I think for myself and I, probably many people who were young in the 90s who mm. are attracted to women, mm. um, this scene was probably pretty fundamental for them. Mm. Um, pretty formative. Um, yeah. We've uh, now learnt so many things about each other. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, well, look, basically what happens is, again, it's through lies and coercion, uh, mm-hmm. which frames it not great. She's encouraged, she, she has to go to this hotel room and act as a prostitute for uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's posing in her mind as an arms dealer. Mm. He's, she's been told he's an arms dealer and she needs to strip for him. Mm. Because he just happens. likes to watch. Because he just likes to watch. Yeah. Yeah. She, so he doesn't actually have to do any stuff. Mm. Just, you know, just quote unquote um you know strip for him and so that happens and uh it's uh it's it's quite a scene it is quite a scene it's quite a scene sarah as a first time watcher of the scene um how did it read for you i am i'm curious about like because we've had all of this stuff in the lead up to it where it's like this is gross and this is wrong and this is gross and this is wrong but but then like that that scene sort of as it is how how was that for, for you well, obviously, the framing of it is really deeply uncomfortable. Mm. Uh, and, you know, sort of because of some of the things that she'd been put through in the, in the previous scenes, I was very much putting myself in, in her shoes going, OK, if I was in this situation, what would I do and what would I be comfortable with mm. and what would I feel like I was forced into? Mm. Uh, so that wasn't too fun. But also, on the other hand, Jamie Lee Curtis doing a sexy dance. Now, I may be asexual, mm. but I'm on like the demi side of things. And she's a beautiful woman. Mm. Uh, and I want her abs and I want her arms. Mm. Uh, oh, so... I want her arms. They were 
like the later yeah. scenes where she's going around like shooting guns and stuff. I'm like, damn, she's ripped. She's yeah. ripped. Yeah. yeah. So I was quite jealous of her body. Mm. Um. So you know that was fun. Uh, yeah, like there were times I was like, oh, that's sexy. And times I was like, oh, that's awkward. Mm. Uh, so it was like this weird back and forth between yeah. the two. Yeah. Um, which, you know, mm. it's fun. But again, I think they, they, they did find moments to put in jokes, you know, mm. like when she fell, which she, as you which... said, Steve is apparently a real take, you know, and she fell over and, you know, like this, when Arnie like kind of, he's so engrossed and he drops the tape recorder and mm. like they find moments to put little Which I think is humor important. In because, yeah. you know, there's so many movies where they have the sex scene and like it's so serious and, oh, was that perfect for you, babe? It was perfect for me, babe. Mm. And that's just not what it's like. Like, come on. Like, if you're with your partner, like, you're going to be, you know, yeah, it's going to be sexy, but you're going to have, you know, things that go wrong. You're going to, like, mm. joke with each other. Mm. It's not going to be perfect all the time or, you know, at all. Yeah. So, like, I think it's more realistic mm. to have yeah. that. And it, and it humanised the... Um murderous intelligence criminal that was Harry yeah. <laughs> Harry Tasker. And uh, also, so I, we were talking a bit about, you know, if they were both in on it, mm. it would have been more sexy. Yeah. If mm. she knew that it was him and he knew that it was her and like they'd both at the beginning like been like, yeah, let's role play or whatever. Mm. I'd have been way more like, yes, let's go for it. But the fact that she didn't know, mm. which made it so much more non-consensual, mm. that was the real problem I had. Yeah. Yes, and as, as that is very true, and yeah. and as like fun and like sort of instantly gratifying as it was to see her hit him with the telephone, yes, and then kick him in the ribs a few yes. times. Uh, doesn't mean doesn't mean it's a fair exchange. Doesn't mean that that's like no, cool. We're, we're, we're even. We're even. Great. No, that that's not how it flies. No. And I, I do like that she went like she runs, she goes to run away, and then she remembers that she's got to plant the bug on the yeah. telephone. So she quickly runs back, try to like put her clothes back on, and Arnie's like on the floor. <laughs> It's been bashed. Yeah, he just puts the puts the bug on and runs away, and yeah, and then the movie literally bursts back into the room. Okay. <laughs> You've had your fun. Yeah, yeah the terrorists. We need to get on with this film. Yeah, now. the terrorists grab them. Uh, they get taken off to the island in the Florida Keys. There's a whole action sequence there. Then there's Good another action, action sequence, sequence on a bridge. Great bit with the um, mm. with the truth serum. Oh yes, yeah, almost forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the yeah. guy asked. Yeah, he tells the guy how he's going to kill them and everything. Yeah, and, and then he's like, "How are you going to get out of those handcuffs? I've picked them." And the guy goes, "Oh, <laughs> almost impressed." He does exactly what he said he was going to do. Yeah, yeah, of course. Kills a guy with a medical implement and breaks mm. his neck, and then kills a guy. Oh, I think the most brutal. Mm. Moment is when he kills that guy with the crowbar. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, it was fun, but it's like, and then drags his corpse. Like that was, oh, that's nasty. (laughs) Visceral. Yeah. Before we do move on to like those visceral like deaths, I do want to talk about the way that they shot the sexy scene because Stephen was telling us some really cool facts about that as we were watching, which I it made in my head it made it feel better. Yeah. Same. Well, uh, these are things that lead into our trivia section, but I I can bring them up now. Excellent. Uh, So preview, trivia preview, trivia preview. Not trivial at all. Um, So, so uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had a lot of input into how that scene was shot and how it was performed. Uh, For starters, the bra and uh, panties that are worn in that scene were her own. Um, Curtis rehearsed the scene extensively with her then partner director James Cameron, and. Uh, it the, was the there Paris that the extensively. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah got to practice yeah, yeah. for Paris. He was, um, yeah. I mean, uh, James Cameron made no secret. He, he very much enjoyed making this film for a lot of reasons, yeah. and uh, yeah, yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis being your partner would probably be one of them. Um, 
Curtis rehearsed the scene uh, extensively with Cameron, and it was there that the fall she makes in the middle of the dance was conceived. Now, when she does it on camera, it wasn't uh, an actual fall. Um, yeah, right. What they did is they, when they rehearsed it, she fell over at one point, and then they went, we should keep that. But they didn't tell Arnold Schwarzenegger. So when she falls over... Um, he starts to get up like oh my god and then she quickly gets back up and carries on and so he then like sits back down um and then they told him afterwards that it was deliberate and they tried shooting it again with him now knowing it was deliberate as a safety take and it just wasn't as good yeah um so yes he um it, it didn't quite work out for them um the striptease scene drew some criticism for the perceived misogynistic content as you could imagine it's not perceived it's misogynistic it, it, yeah it's there mm. um but yeah cameron later said that curtis had heavy input into how the scene played out the original idea was for helen to be nude but for it to be dark so that you could only see silhouettes um but it was curtis's suggestion that they do it in full light while keeping her underwear on uh she then demonstrated this to cameron uh who, yes, she did. who remarked that he was reminded there what is so cool about his job <laughs> it's how he put it wow um he also noted that most of the criticism uh, that they received were from male film critics, whereas a lot of the female reviewers praised it as an empowering and in some cases even liberating scene for the character of Helen. And I think the fact that um, Curtis is involved mm. in that process of like so important. getting to choose what she wears, mm. you know, having something to wear and saying, no, I think it's more empowering if she's got she's not naked it's also sexier it's more tantalizing when there's something still to be taken off yeah and also you can um you know doing it in full light as well it there is something about that that is more i guess honest for Mm. for these characters who are lying all the time and the fact is is that arnie's character of harry is in shadow that entire time yeah where she is in light and is exposed in so many ways um I, I do prefer the concept around shooting this scene this way than the idea of doing it with like nudity and silhouettes and That's stuff. That's why you like get that. women involved in these sorts of things. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, it's but, almost like you guys have kind of like an idea of like how to make them yeah, so good. so weird, yeah. And yeah, not like weird. Just having like, you know, to, to show our own bodies and feel comfortable doing that sort of yeah, thing. It's yeah. almost like it makes it better. Yeah. Nah. That can't be it. <laughs> yeah. Um ultimately the rest of this film is just a bunch of explosions yep. with one superb Arnie line when he has uh, um You're after fired. the jet <laughs> and he's saved his daughter from the crane. Yep. <laughs> and uh Salim has fallen and is hooked onto the missile and there's the helicopter filled with the remaining goons. Just the, you're fired. That was the thing as a a younger person watching this film that stuck with me even more than Jamie Lee Curtis's dance. Like that that image of... But that's just you all over, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, because there was a guy strapped to a missile going, (laughs) Can you relate? Yeah, I'd make total sense. (laughs) Like that wasn't really in any other film that I can think of from that time. And like like the sequences with the jet and with most of the action sequences almost should they shouldn't have worked, but they did. Yeah. The jet sequence is shot really well and the special effects, considering it's almost thirty years old, looks are really right. good. Yeah. Like it's it's just bizarre how quite good this film is in parts, um, and how really not good it is in other parts. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, ultimately, uh, they save the day and um, husband and wife become a, a spy team and they do a sort of like a greatest hits of the the film in the yep, final two yep. minutes i'd say i want to watch that film but i've seen mr and mrs smith so well, i know I what that, that film I is i think that's it yeah yeah. Mm. yeah uh would you guys like some trivia about uh the non jamie lee curtis stripping scenes from we? uh the true lies <sighs> i guess so if we must okay uh, all of this trivia comes from imdb so if it's not true don't blame me Arnold Schwarzenegger's biggest challenge for this movie was not doing all of his physical stunts, which he did do, but dancing the tango. (laughs) Uh, He took dancing lessons to realistically perform the dance and rehearsed for about six months as he wanted to make sure he was as good at the tango as Al Pacino was in Scent of the Woman. Sorry, Scent of a Woman, not Scent of the Woman. Scent of the Woman. (laughs) Yeah. Al Pacino in Scent of the Woman. (laughs) That sounds like a really bad porno. Yeah. Yikes. (laughs) Uh, Tom Arnold didn't expect to get a role in this film and went to the audition mostly for the chance to meet James Cameron. Um, He did some scenes with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Cameron immediately noticed the chemistry between the two actors. Uh, Afterwards, Arnold jokingly said about Schwarzenegger, he's not that big, I think I can take him, which amused Cameron and sealed the deal. Uh, Initially, 20th Century Fox objected because Arnold's reputation at the time wasn't hugely positive due to his public antics uh, regarding his then-wife, Roseanne Barr. They were going for a messy divorce, um, and the studio weren't keen. But Cameron threatened to take the movie to another studio if they didn't cast Tom Arnold, Um, so they relented. When Tom Arnold learnt about this later on, he was grateful to Cameron for taking a chance on him, and he became good friends with both Cameron and Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, and they're friends still now, apparently. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So even though his character is a horrible person... Um, yeah, Tom. You're right about them having. I mean, not you. It wasn't your trivia, but it is like they do have noticeably good chemistry in that film. They work as a pair. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah, well. I believe them as bros. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even if they're not good for each other in <laughs> some not. cases. Yeah, get better friends. Yeah, but... that one time where he did try to give him good advice, just yeah. relented immediately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, to film the scene on the old Seven Mile Bridge in the Keys, uh, like the arrival and takeoff of the Harrier jet, the production crew closed down the traffic on the new Seven Mile Bridge at intervals for several minutes at a time. Whenever this happened, uh, women were sent amongst the stop cars giving drivers Pepsis and bumper stickers that read, I was stopped on the Seven Mile Bridge by the Omega sector. Cool. Oh, mm. Okay, cool. All right. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. I mean, if you are going like, to stop traffic for... Look, it's not as cool as the I Survived Helm's Deep t-shirt, no. but like, you know, it's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, you know, the drink was a nice touch. I yeah, guess. I like that. It's, it's, a very, it's a very 90s thing. But, it's a very, yeah, Pepsi. Pepsi. Why am I picturing like scantily clad women in because like Because they bikinis? almost certainly were. Because it's a James Cameron film. And it was Florida, yeah. so they almost certainly were. Yeah. yeah, almost just out of necessity from it being so hot. Yeah. They're probably just like it. Probably wasn't as like titillating as we're imagining. It was probably just a bunch of ladies who were like, "Oh my god, it's so hot! Take this Pepsi and this bumper sticker." I'm so Ugh. sorry. Yeah. Oh, I wish I brought a hat. <laughs> Whatever it is. It wouldn't be sexy in a hat. No. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger almost died making this film. No. Um, it was during the sequence with the horse. Um, the horse got startled and ran out of control. Schwarzenegger managed to slide off the horse, but did so near a 30-foot drop. Um, his stuntman saw what was happening and was able to grab him before he went over a ledge. So Schwarzenegger almost got fully Aragon from Two Towers, where he got thrown off by, by a horse. Well, I've got a, a story about not quite falling off a ledge, which also involves skiing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. So I mentioned before that 
skiing was like the worst possible decision I could have ever made as a 12 year old because I had something to prove about sports that I could do them. Uh, yeah, no, I can't. Uh, and I was so bad at skiing that someone went off the cliff face and like fell into a tree below. Everyone thought it was me, but I was going too slowly way behind them. So it wasn't me. That's the only reason it wasn't probably. Oh. And I gave myself such a bad injury that I still have the repercussions to this day. W were they okay? I don't know. Ooh. I Ooh. guess they survived. We would have heard if someone died. You said that was a fun story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say fun. Uh, mm. um, our next bit of trivia. Sarah saw someone die. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Who knows, I guess. Uh, our next bit of trivia uh, jumps into the serious stuff that I was talking about before. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. right. So, uh, uh, yes. In January 2018, Eliza Dushku, who plays Dana Tasker in this film, revealed that uh, when she was making this movie um she was sexually molested by the film's stunt coordinator joel kramer uh now she was a minor at the time i believe she was only 12 years old when this was shot um uh, Dushku detailed how Kramer groomed her for several months to gain her friendship and her parents' trust, contrived to spend an evening alone with her, and then molested her. Dushku also said that um, after an adult friend confronted Kramer on set about the abuse, she was injured during a stunt. Uh, Dushku alleges that this was, quote, no small coincidence. Um, to be clear, over the course of those months rehearsing and filming True Lies, it was Joel Kramer who was responsible for my safety on a film that at the time broke new ground for action films on a daily basis he rigged wires and harnesses on my 12 year old body my life was literally in his hands he hung me in the open air from a tower crane atop an office tower 25 plus stories high whereas he was supposed to be my protector he was my abuser end quote uh, after a statement, Dushku's co-stars uh, Schwarzenegger, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis and Arnold and James Cameron all uh, posted socially about their respect and admiration for a bravery in coming out because this came out not long after the initial Weinstein um, mm, I remember it. stuff. So yeah, Dushku was, was in that movement. And yeah, it was on this movie and she was injured. I believe she broke ribs um, mm. because, because some guy who was molesting her had been told to stop basically and then was still allowed to work on the film that's disgusting mm. yeah like you you find out something like that about someone they get fired and you know sent to prison mm. like full stop that's how it should work yeah that should work uh, yeah. to, to be clear uh, for the sake of uh, legality um, Joel Kramer has denied the accusation of sexual misconduct uh, so yeah uh, I just wanted to make sure that we didn't ignore that um, because that sucks. There isn't, yeah, really, a bit. There isn't really yeah. another way around that, really. No, that sucks. It's, and uh, it's not good. It's, no. It's uh, horrible. And yeah. Um... It's, it's one of those industries, though, that, you know, allows predators to, you know, roam free and to become predators and you know do things like that which is quite horrible mm -hmm. so you know having safety precautions you know having people in the room to make sure that never happens mm. uh to report and to you know imprison them uh maybe would be a good idea mm. uh and also you know things like just believing women especially you know a 12 year old isn't gonna make something like that up no like if the, if they you know have the the courage to actually say something about it to realize just how up it is because at mm. that age you don't necessarily realize how up something is mm. which is probably why it took so long for her to 
you know, speak out about it. Also because she wouldn't have been empowered to speak out about it, mm. knowing how many other women in the industry did and were then blacklisted um, mm. and sort of, you know, harried in the media because yeah. of it and called liars and sluts and all sorts of things. Mm. So, yeah. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis uh, said uh, in Arnold Schwarzenegger's contract, uh, he gets top billing. But normally the way that it would go for a Schwarzenegger film is... Arnold Schwarzenegger's name, the title of the film, then whoever else is in the film. That's normally the way that his um, his films were done at the time. And it's it, yeah, go back and watch him. You'll see it. Yeah. Schwarzenegger, the film. I think that he does that guys. in like Batman and Robin as well, or something something weird mm-hmm. like that. It's um, but for this film, um, when James Cameron finished editing the film and saw that the film was um, truly capturing that that as he called it, domestic epic uh, uh, quality to it. Um, Cameron phoned Schwarzenegger and asked if it would be okay to put Jamie Lee Curtis's name before the title, to which Schwarzenegger immediately agreed, which was kind of a big deal um, because, you know, you fight for that, that status to be that star at the top of the bill and to have that space to yourself. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis said in later interviews, uh, the credit is such a coveted negotiable commodity and for Schwarzenegger to give um, that that billing was uh, a really great move on their part so um, yeah it's I, I just thought yeah that's kind of cool so does that mean like it was shared like they were both above the title yeah so yeah, okay, at, cool, at cool. the start of this film it goes Schwarzenegger Curtis True, True Lies. Lies yeah cool yeah whereas typically it would be just Schwarzenegger True yeah. Lies and then also starring Jamie Lee Curtis and yeah but yeah, I, I, like he and um, Schwarzenegger and Curtis really kind of did get on making this film. Um, yeah. Like they, they hadn't worked together before, but they really connected and obviously had a good time. And um, I believe he obviously must have really appreciated what she was doing. For, yeah. yeah, him Absolutely. to then go, yeah, no, she can share Dot Bill. That's, that's cool. Yeah. 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 It's, it's good stuff. The final bit of trivia is that there was a sequel to True Lies in the works at one point. Um, it would have reunited the principal cast as well as having James Cameron back at the helm. Um, the script was made for this film, for this sequel. And um, had the movie been made, it would likely have been released around about 2002. The sequel idea was eventually scrapped, or at the very least indefinitely shelved, uh, due to script problems as well as the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Yeah. Uh, Cameron said in an interview that he dropped his sequel plans because, quote, in this day and age, terrorism just isn't fun anymore, end quote. Wow. <laughs> That's it. That's oh. it. That's a great quote. Yeah. If God, it, it, 9-11 taking all the fun out of terrorism. I mean, it kind of did, though. Like, yeah, you look I, at those 90s movies, even, you know, something like Back to the Future, it's, it's the Libyans, yeah, Marty. Yeah. Like, Libyan terrorists are after the nuclear stuff you know like yeah. terrorists were seen as who was that as a bit of fun it was um arnold schwarzenegger in um oh right yeah, yeah in back to the now. future yeah got to the delorean <laughs> we've got to go back to 1985 yeah uh so yeah terrorism not fun anymore no. apparently uh since 9-11 thank you james cameron for for confirming that for us but, but i mean yeah terrorism is rarely been depicted in the comedy sphere since 9-11 yeah maybe like team america world police yeah is one of the few that i can think of that sort of did it yeah. so all that remains is for us to score the film and sarah it was your first time watching true lies so you get to go first what score would you give this film out of 10 
Okay, well, I really did enjoy it, um, which is weird considering how many problems I have with it. Like, you know, it's this weird balance of the problematic and I just had a good time. Mm. Um, it was good fun, really great action sequences. Um, you know, there was some good acting in there, even when maybe there shouldn't have been. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I enjoyed it. It did have its problems, especially, you know, with race and women in particular. Um, so I am going to give it six Persian statues out of 10. Mm. Filled with nuclear warheads. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's explosive. Yes. Okay. What about yourself, Patrick? Um, yeah, I think, it, you know, it, on rewatch, as we said, a lot of the aforementioned problems are there and they need to be acknowledged. But because this has been so, is such a fundamental, formative movie for me, and it is, yeah, it's so much fun and it is very well made, mm. even though with that weird story structure bit in the middle. Mm. Action sequences are so well shot. Acting is generally good across the board. There's really no weak links and mm. a few standouts. Yeah, I reckon I'm going to give it um, eight snow cone machines <laughs> out of ten. Yes. I thought it was an espresso machine. Is a water heater? Oh, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it's it's fun. It, it's a fun film with problems. Yeah. Uh, but again, it, it does feel very much as though they are very much problems that were endemic in a lot of 90s action yeah. films. They just feel very pronounced in this film. And I don't know if it's because of the subject matter of it being a domestic relationship uh, between a man and a woman that, and issues of trust around that that it maybe feels like they're slightly more pronounced than they would be in other films of this time period. Um, but it, it's not, you can't deny, it's a really fun, well-made action romp. Um, and it was a real pleasure watching it. So I'm going to give it six and a half um, horses in a lift out of ten, because uh, it, it had a horse in a lift. I wonder what how many times they yeah. had to clear out that lift because the horse just went to the toilet. Yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, uh, I, from either the, the um, from either the motorbike or the horse, there would be skid marks from that chase. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you can train ho- toilet train horses like that. You can't. You, uh, can't? you just okay. you just deal with it. You just deal with it. Mm. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. You just retake so yeah. that the two fancy old people. Yeah, they probably had a few changes of clothes. Yeah. Probably just wearing Wellingtons under the, <laughs> un, under underneath the camera shot. Yeah. Mm. I, I believe you can in uh, stable conditions. <laughs> hey. <laughs> okay. I think I know when this podcast is over. Uh, Patrick and Sarah, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Champing at the bit to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, happy 25 episodes, Patrick. Yay. Thank you. It's been fun. And I'm done. So it's been great to be on the podcast. <laughs> yes. You were just hanging I'm out. out. I'm out. <laughs> Not waiting for number 50? Come on. You can really, like, go for it. Uh, and for those of you listening at home, thank you for listening into Patrick's last ever episode. <laughs> oh, man. You're fired. You're fired. You're fired. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. Uh, yes. Shot out of a cannon. If you want to hear um, other episodes we've done, uh, say the 24 featuring Patrick, or the 30 before this one that featured Dr. Sarah Curtis. Ooh. 
um, you can go back through our back catalogue and search for them. iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, all sorts of podcast services, we can be found there. Uh, we do have a Patreon uh, for as little as a dollar a month. You can get access to extra bonus features and goodies. Uh, some things that were cut from this episode and some things that weren't that you definitely won't ever hear. Um, mostly just uh, Patrick coughing when he drank his tea the wrong way. Uh, if you want to hear bonus features... If you want to hear that. If you want to hear that, or in this case, not hear that, because I don't think I'll release that. Oh, no? Uh, no, no. No spit takes, unfortunately. Um uh, join our Patreon. Just go to patreon.com forward slash CCEC podcast. And finally, uh, we have a Facebook page. Um, you can find us on Facebook and just uh, give us a like, get news and updates from there as well. Uh, just search for us over in the Facebook search engine. It is just the Cinema Catch Up Club. But that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Bye. Get to the chopper. Oh, wrong uh, film. Wrong movie. <laughs> he doesn't say, he, I think he says, like, get to the limo. <laughs> Get to the limo! The bridge is out! (laughs) I can't hear you! Oh, the bridge is out! You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.